got lucky last week. That was an ugly game. The Vikings was a terrible choice. And they were, that was the softest defense I've ever seen. It was like every play, Latavius Murray, he's like 50 years old, is getting eight yards of carry. And then Taysom Hill's getting like eight yards of carry. And the Saints took the lead. I'm like, we're going to just need luck because Kirk Cousins has no time to throw. The Saints have all day to throw. They're getting dominated on both sides. We get that lucky pass interference. It was pass interference. I don't care about that whiny ass Mark Sanchez saying that because like after he was totally separated from the ball, he pushed uh, Lattimore's face mask, that that wasn't pass interference. That was pass interference, but it was super lucky. It was the only way they could actually make a play. We got the go-ahead score, and we won by the Team of Destiny style, missed uh, off the upright, so that was great. Double, double doink is very reminiscent of the team that you and Dalton have, but like I said, this, this team, I feel, uh, of this pool – I feel we have a, a more work to do, a lot of work to do, and it's got a little bit more upside for winning. For winning, I, I feel like this is the year that we're going to win Survivor um, in a you know let's call it a medium stakes pool, low entry but medium stakes. And by the way, luck has nothing to do with it. You know, it's um, it, it's we deserved it. And I know you always say the opposite. Deserve has nothing. I say to do the with it, I say Deserve luck. has nothing to do with it. We don't deserve it, but that doesn't matter because <laughs> other people are dead. Too bad for them. It's too bad for them. You know, unfortunately, they had the perfect pick and didn't work out. We had a terrible pick and it did. You know, I like the Giants earlier in the week and they sailed. I like the Cowboys, but I also like the Steelers. So, you know, that was yeah. one. Even more exciting in week four survivor before we move on to our week five pick is the sweat that the, you know, the Green Bay pool. They were 50% rostered or picked or owned in most pools in our particular pool they were closer to like 38 percent. so that was a fun sweat too it obviously would have been even better if the bailey zappy patriots took out uh the green bay and 38 percent of the pool yeah that would have been great but you know we're in this for the long haul and we don't need to kill everybody right now you know we're, <laughs> we're surviving the whole year so i just wait for people to die you know if you live to 120 um, and you have some longevity bets i have longevity bets with a few people um, who are younger than me and it's like, if I live to 120, I don't have to worry about when they die. Like, I'm just going to win. If I live to 120, they got to live to at least 105, and that's not going to happen. So all I got to do is live to 120. All we got to do is win this, this uh, rest of the season. All right. So let's get into it. Do you, now, last week, do you want me to, to say my lean first? Because I still think I'm at the point where I'm being persuaded by you. And again, because you are a persuasive arguer. So let me lay out my case first. And I'll make it very brief. And then maybe it coincides with what you had. Okay, go ahead. I've so, got a team in mind. Yes. Okay. So I would right away, my first thing was the was uh the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, is that don't reveal, but is that the team that you have in mind? No. Okay. So for me, it's all you you have um through through all your other picks, you have said who it's all about the spot that they're in, right? Coming off the loss. Everyone's getting healthier now, right? They they need this game in a pretty big spread game, and they're only by according to the Rotowire article about nineteen uh, percent rostered. So that is obviously well below the threshold for fading them, and you know the implied odds seventy seven percent. So I like the spot coming off needing the win, healthy as they've been in a while, and coming off the loss. I'm not against it, and I would use them. I think they'll win. Brady's never lost three games in a row, I think, ever. Or it's been a long time. But mine is kind of weird. I just was like thinking the Jaguars are just going to smash the Texans. I just felt like, you know, they, they had those fumbles. I mean, they, were, they still had the ball down eight on the final drive in Philly. Fucking Lawrence fumbled again, again. I mean, it was just unbelievable. And I had all these fantasy guys tied to that. But they played with Philly. I mean, they did get a pick six early in the game. 
I just think the Texans are pretty bad. They can't stop the run. And this is just sort of a get well game for the Jaguars just to roll. If, if you want to go Bucks, I wouldn't fight you on that because right. it is and a little iffy. It is the Jaguars. But the Jaguars defense has actually not been bad either. And I just don't see the Texans. I, th- I see the Texans as having a little bit of heart. And against other bad teams, you know, like the Bears, it's kind of a fist fight. But against a team that's decent, I think the Jaguars are at least average. I think they should roll. Yeah, and let's go back to the because now we're we're zeroed in on these two games, so let's keep you know comparing and contrasting them. So the Falcons, I think this is one of those games where the QB seal, the rookie QB seal, is broken with the Steelers. So teams see what other teams do. I think that this is a serious benching risk for Mariota and Desmond Ritter, the third round rookie from Cincinnati, could come in. He's got a big arm. Do you think? Do you see that as something that doesn't matter? that helps us or hurts us should we choose the bucks i think it's a little negative because i think sometimes they can give you a shot in the arm you know a guy with more well i mean mariota is athletic too but just somebody who's young and maybe has more talent like justin herbert came in after they knifed tyrod taylor and everyone's like holy shit this guy's good right you never know know, justin herbert was like the sixth overall pick and this guy is what a third round pick is something third round yeah yeah not exactly but you never know right i mean Russell Wilson There's was a third Dak Prescott happened, right? right? A lot of guys come out of those, you know, you never know. And Desmond Ritter, like I said, a lot of, there was, it wasn't like, oh yeah, he was some third round pick. He fell to the third round. There was first round buzz about Ritter during the draft process. Yeah, I'm happy to see to the Bucs. I don't feel, my Jaguars yeah. pick's a bit reckless. Like, I don't want to save teams. It's not like, oh, let's save the Bucs. Like, I don't really care about that. It just struck me as like, if you don't look at the, the point spreads and get all sucked into that and you just say, what team do I think is just in a good spot? I think the Bucks are too. I think the Jaguars are also. Bills are the obvious pick. Why aren't we taking the Bills? What's the argument against that? <sighs> the Bill, okay. So the Bills are 37% rostered and- Not, not that high. You don't, okay. So I was thinking that you said 40% is the fade point. And for me, I know 3% is a big- gap but that was close enough where i'd say there's so many other good options and i know you say never save it's just that this is the first game with the with the mobile rookie qb uh the steelers uh, i just don't know what's going to happen there the the bills have been a little banged up it, it's if you're talking you never like to save but that one feels like let's just see what happens let's let it simmer a little bit they got, they got lucky to win last week against baltimore you could easily see a letdown when they're 14 point dogs you could see that one being the iceberg that breaks off it's easy to see it yeah, I kind of agree. I, I don't agree with the 40%. That's just a general rule of thumb. You okay. got there's two, there's two factors. One is how owned they are, and then the other is the disparity in likelihood to win. If you look, Thorne did the, the did the math for us here. I can actually pull this up and add and, it to the stream. If, if you look at it, they're 88%, then nobody else is above 80. So that 37 is actually quite low with that kind of disparity. Like you're actually, if I were to run the numbers, the bills would definitely come out as the choice this week. If I were to do it just pure math. Okay, so let's let's now add them to the consideration here. Let's really map this out because I don't want this just to be a quick decision because other people that are watching this, they have the same decision. It's not like these three teams are near the top of the three that would be picked. Now, you can't use Buffalo next week, right? So I know you don't look ahead, but we definitely can't because they're in Kansas City. That would be very reckless real man, to use. Real man. It would be a real right, man. Real man uses Buffalo. Uses Buffalo. So if you're, gonna, if, if you're thinking like short term, Buffalo well, is a good pick this week. It's always short term because if Josh right. Allen gets hurt this week, then that's the end of that. Jaguars um, are in Indy next week, so right. you probably. I, I, I don't know. care. I don't even care about next week. Like we got a whole season ahead. Maybe in week sixteen, we got to look at that because okay, you know we're getting you know to the wire, but lots of good options. 
I don't mind using up the bills. I would eat, if I knew that the bills were 100% to win, there's absolutely 100% I would use them. I wouldn't even think about it. I use up teams. I think that the the other benefit of using up teams is not only oh, I know do you mean. win now, but it might be that the bills one week are, you know, 60% owned because they're the only good option and you don't have them otherwise you would have done it and they get just totally randomly upset and the whole iceberg drops and you're not standing on it because right. you couldn't, you would have, but you couldn't. That's how I got into this. The last three of my 300 person pool in 2000. I mean, it's just, it was like, I just kept using the best team every week and everyone was trying to be too clever. And they, and then when I couldn't use the best team, that team sometimes lost and would right. take everyone down with it. So I don't care about saving. I mean, I, like if I were writing this column for Rotowire, which I don't care about other people, like you're like, Oh, other people are making the choice. I don't give a shit. Like, Go knock yourself out. You know, if you benefit from this, great. But like, I just feel like I'm just doing this for us. I'm just sharing our thoughts. I don't care. This isn't like, it's different. When I wrote for Rotowire, it was like, well, I better go through 10 options. I got to make sure like who knows who has what teams left. I don't care about that. But I also think that this is a utility for other people because it's sometimes even you're everyone's going to make their own. Anyone that follows you understands at this point, they know how to process their own decisions. But this is helpful, just like if they were in the room hearing about it. I know it's just an extra thing sure, that people sure, could benefit sure. from. And by the way, it's almost like I, I hear what you're saying, though, because when everyone else is like taking the highway and say you take like the side roads, if God forbid something happens on the highway, you're sailing wrong on a different path here. So I like that theory as well. So let's let's. So the, the choices would be the Jaguars, the Bucks, or the Bills. Now you have me interested in the Bills that you that you're saying that it does. But our pool specifically has been a little bit different. It's been a little bit sharper, I would say, than the average like the consensus. Because last week, it was less on the number one favorite, right? And we've seen that each time. So I, I, mean, I don't know if that's sharper or square because a lot of mm. people are playing the square game where they're like, "Oh, in fact, it's probably a reason not to use the Jaguars because a lot of people are getting too clever in this low stakes entry fee and being like." Ooh, but even in the circuit pool, like there's just people just the real man didn't even didn't even put in an entry in the thousand. <laughs> so, so much respect for that. I, you know, like, I mean, that is just so badass. Like you do who it, does that. Who does that? A, like real, what do you man think? Does, real man does that. Whoever did right. that's a real man. You know, he, he right. doesn't even bother to enter and he's just out. You know, he put the thousand and he signed up. He did this whole thing. Probably had a proxy. Anyway, you know, you think that's someone that's just like up all night, like doing blow in Vegas or something. And then all of yes. a sudden it's the just answer like, is yes. oh, I yeah. forgot. Yeah. The answer is yes. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, I mean, maybe or maybe he's got like five kids and he just, you know, got overwhelmed. No, no, no. If he's got five kids, he needs to win this. He needs to win this. So, the, the, money. so the, the point is, and there's a couple other things we should at least consider. But the point is, this is actually talking me off uh, Jacksonville because I do think yeah. our pool is a little bit like. It, Jacksonville looks is 15 here. They could be 22 in our pool, and then it's not as attractive. I just, I just think they're going to crush. Like I'm, I'm going to probably lay the wood with them. Um, I got to think about it. But so I, I would, I'm, I'm going to stick here and say that let's take the Bucks. I really do like the spot here. Brady, you know, he's got the angry narrative. He's having some, you know, some troubles at uh, home too. He's got to come out. He's got to make himself feel good. I now in all seriousness though, I just think coming off that Kansas City loss and the fact that. Atlanta is compromised as well. Uh, they don't even know what this QB situation is. I really do like it. Unless you have a strong feel, I'll, I'll go to bat here for the Bucks. In. I'm in on it. No problem. Okay. The other thing is the other negative about the Bills, which actually would be my choice if I were writing the column for Rotowire, is that I do think there's a little bit of rookie QB wild card. Excellent. And as you said, sort of a look ahead game where, you know, this isn't going to you know, this is a fort and you know, Mike Tom's a good coach and yes. the Steelers are really up against it. Like, I don't think they're going to come out flat because 
if they lose this, if they get blown out in this game, it's like, okay, yeah. just pack it in for the season. And um, they usually compete most years. So I, I'll go Bucks. Let's do the Bucks. The other options are the Vikings over the Bears. After well, we what took, I saw, we took oh, yeah, the Vikings. We we, yeah, we can't take them. Yeah, but there's no the, more buybacks, by the way. That's it. Yeah, the buyback yeah. season is over. Well, the Vikings are so soft. I would, yeah. I just, I couldn't believe that. No way. And then the uh, the Packers we used also against the Giants. I don't love that either. Danny Dimes is playing. And then the uh, Chiefs Raiders. No way. No Chiefs way. Could, Raiders could shoot it out with them. Yeah. And then the other one is the Niners Panthers. And that's a really interesting game because the Niners look so good and the Panthers look so bad. But I feel like I almost have to take the Panthers in the circa millions because it's just like, who would take them? And I stopped doing that. Like, oh, I'm going to go ugly just for going ugly. But it just feels so right. It's so wrong that it feels so right. Baker Mayfield is up against the wall here. He's being, you know, so I, I don't like a cornered, scared animal. You know, they're very dangerous. You know, I, that's that's what I believe. As much as he's been, as bad as he's been, He's a human being who understands that his whole career is on the line here. He needs a good showing here. So I, I like that call there. I got to ask you a question about the Circa Millions thing. The bet against the spread that I really liked this week was Dallas plus the points. I saw it as four and a half. I've seen it as five and a half. To me, that looks almost too easy that I'm scared. That's the one that I'm playing hard this week because I think Dallas could just win that game outright. They're getting more than a field goal. For, I mean, it's like I said, I got it at five and a half. I kind of like the Rams. I, okay. I feel like McVay is such a better coach than McCarthy and what you've seen from the Rams. I, I feel like there'll be a bounce back. Stafford will get it together. I do agree that the Rams offensive line is not good and the Dallas defensive line is, and that's a little bit of a, a problem, but they know that. And maybe they'll bring in another tight end mm -hmm. or just do something. But I, I, you know, the one I liked, which is so funny is I thought Denver should have been seven points over Indy. <laughs> and I was like, they're going to kill them. And then early in the game was six, nothing. And, you know, and Denver been deep in the red zone and it was six, three, they kicked like a 52 yarder at the end of the half. I was like, Denver's going to kill them. And then Denver just kept like turning it over and they just can't do anything in the red zone. And man, they were just so poorly coached. And Russ was just making some bad throws and bad decisions. And wow. Like, I'm glad, I'm glad I didn't touch that one. But to me, that was like, Denver's way better than Indiana. They're at home on a short week in that tough altitude. Very strange game. What did you think about the consensus on Twitter and social media? I know you don't go on Twitter too much, but there was an overwhelming like, oh, this is such a bad game, the worst game of all time. I love this game. I love when it's so bad that it's good. Like, mm. I was like, oh, you know, I sort of, they should just punt on first down. You know, people being snarky, which is funny, but people were so offended this was such a bad game. To me, it reminded me in mixed martial arts when the guys get tied up on the ground and there's no movement and everyone's like, stand them up. I like when they're there and they're locked up. I want to see, you know, how they maneuver out of a bad, boring situation. I like boring games. Yeah, I was fine with it. I mean, I, it really helps that I watched the morning in 40 minutes. It's like <laughs> so tolerable. You know, I didn't really have much on. I did have Russell Wilson in one NFFC league, which was tough. Yeah, Every time he got down there, fucking another intercept. Not only are you not getting the touchdown, you're getting a negative. I'm like, oh, gee, for fuck's sake. It's really tough. And then, but I did have the Denver defense. And I remember like, so I was looking at Jerry Donabine and has really good defense rankings on RotoWire. And he had the Vikings, who I had also, who I'd started against the Saints because they had no players last week, and that wasn't very good. And he had them ranked really highly against the Bears. And I was like, I'm going Denver against Indy. I, I don't trust the Vikings defense. We'll see. I got 14 points out of Denver. But I was just wa good. you know, I was watching for all these different 
things. You'll take 14 every single time. Oh, if someone, yeah, 100%. No, I mean, I'll take 10. If you're guaranteeing me 10 or 11, I'll, yeah, I'm oh, taking that in my defense. Yeah. 14 is great, but I mean, you know, Vikings could score 20, and then I'll be like, shit, I should have, you know, held nah, that. No, no, you, you take that 14 every time. So do you, Um, I'll briefly explain the situation that happened in a, one of my leagues, and if you think it's not worthy of, like, discussing on a podcast i was just curious if you educate it because i became the villain in this league very quickly it's a dynasty league right and it's with you know uh, and somebody dropped accidentally aj brown obviously accidentally two days nobody says anything like he has to clear waivers i go all in to pick him up 165 right. my 200 dollars budget waivers runs i get him no one else even put in a bid and then two days the guy didn't even say oops i dropped him so Obviously, I know he's got to be returned in the dynasty league, but I said, "Hey, listen, you know, I mean, so they're they're calling me an asshole for picking him up." And I said, <laughs> "I said I don't want to return him." I said, "You know what?" I said, "What's next? We're going to uh, let everyone set their lineup at four o'clock when the games right. are over." Or, right. or I said, "Should we give out a seventh place trophy?" I mean, you drop him and you say, "Oops!" Right away. That's one thing. Two days goes by. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of these things. Like people were bitching about Alvin Kamara that early game last week, right? Kamara babies. Like, yeah. So it was like, okay, well, yeah, there's an early game. If you're on the West Coast, you better check. You know he's questionable. Right? But let's say he wasn't questionable. Let's say he got into a car accident in the morning of the game or something, and, and you didn't know. Like, you know what the deal is. You got to, like, check the inactives before the game. And if you don't, you can be screwed. You're, you know, your player could also get hurt on the first play, and it's the exact same thing. And so it's sort of like, dude, there's, just because it's unlucky doesn't mean that you get a mulligan. It's just the rules, and we can't have as you said like once the game starts oh shit it's 10 minutes in the game i missed the line of commission can you do this we draw lines not because it's fair or we want to be hard asses it's because there's if you don't draw a line then there's no end to the politicking for extra we just want it to be you know like bitcoin it just runs it's not like this horrible system where everyone's currying favor to get ahead it's just like no that's just it i see well, the- your i see your argument there but i the question is you know, what if it wasn't AJ Brown? AJ Brown is such an obvious accidental drop. But what if it was, you know, right. I picked up Darnell Mooney. What was Kareem Mooney. Hunt? What if it was okay, Kareem yeah, Hunt? I picked up Darnell Mooney. So I, I went 360 in my league, in my NFFC league. Someone dropped Darnell Mooney and he was terrible. Last week he had like a decent game. Right. And I went like 360 out of my 600 that was left and I got him. And next bid was like 155. And I assumed that was on purpose that he was dropped. And I was like, I don't know. He was good with fields last year. I, I'll pick up Darnell Mooney. He and, was dropped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But I mean, like, Someone could say, oh, shit, that, uh, you know, I didn't mean to drop him, right? Like, let's say after I picked him up. Obviously, A.J. Brown is, like, so over the line. But what if you say, if you, if you open the door to that, where do you draw the line? And why should the commissioner or anybody else have to draw the line? The line should be, don't drop players that you don't want to drop. And if you do, make sure nobody invests or has a chance to bid on them. Like, just immediately alert somebody. I don't know. I mean, I think you should just give him back. Oh, of course, of course. But I, yeah. I was trolling them with all that other stuff. Yeah. Uh, the commissioner just did it, and, he, and I told him, I said, "Listen, you could take him back. I understand it's a dynasty league, but I said I'm going to troll." So, but here's the part that I thought you would enjoy. You know, this is how this is how I know. Now I'm starting to get haters. They go, mm-hmm. "I've seen." They started with the "I've seen your name on fantasy uh, content, and I'm never listening to anything you do again." <laughs> and I'm gonna. Uh, they said they're gonna email Rotowire that I'm uh, unethical. Get you fired. They're gonna get yeah. you fired. So this is the part where I thought yeah. you would enjoy that. So yeah. I, yeah. you know, there's. Such, I mean, people are such nutless monkeys. I mean, it's really, <laughs> it's really interesting. Like, it's like he said something I didn't like. He he did something in my league I didn't like. Let's destroy his livelihood. Do you realize like how psychotic that is? Rotowire is cool. Like they don't 
just trust just to the audience. Roto Rider doesn't give a shit about petty bullshit. I will, I promise you that. Okay. But just let's just say they did. That would like severely impact your life because what? Because you picked up AJ Brown and made a, a troll post on it. Like right. it is truly a psychotic person that would even threaten that, even say something like that. Like, why is that even on the table? What they should do is troll you. You know, you're bald. I would make fun of you being bald or something. You know, I there would you troll you back. Go into Don't. someone's job. What are you, are you a psychotic? What a, what a, like a nutless cowardly thing. But I think it is partly because of this, and this is not really a sports podcast thing, but there's a generation of people who, whenever there was a conflict, they were told to inform the teacher. I told Sasha, if someone's bullying you, tell them to stop. And if they keep bullying you, tell them firmly to stop. And the third time, punch them. Okay. And she got in trouble because she did punch somebody. <laughs> but I was mostly saying boys, like, you know, like bigger boys. But my, my point is that's like not good in that, you know, that school that she's in private school that she's in you're supposed to tell the teacher and everybody was like tell the teacher so these people i don't think they even think it through like the consequences it could have if you were working for like a shitty company yeah oh i'm gonna go tell the teacher on you and the same thing happened to me it's twitter i wasn't like in their feed harassing them i was just posting shit that i thought and these people came into my feed and they're like i'm gonna tell on you and they ran to jeff erickson it's so hilarious like jeff erickson is a good friend of mine well. and and you know i mean this is like i mean i'd be so mortified embarrassed if i were these people but I think they were just raised in a way that was like, oh, there's a problem. Let's go run and tell the teacher. So it's funny well, that it happened to you, two, but it's, it's good yeah, that two, you're at a place where that's just not a thing. That's just not a and thing. Yes. And here we go. And two, two uh, things to add on to that. One, we don't call it bald. In 2000, it's the shaved head community. Right. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yes. And, uh, sorry, and sorry. we are going to be turning on you very soon. It's not an insult. We have, we have beautiful yeah. heads. By the way, it's funny. I say if we were having this podcast in 1974, I'd be sitting here with a toupee on. I mean, that. Yes, thank God right. shaved heads are in, right? <laughs> yes, so. that's true. You were, yeah, you were stigmatized before. Now it's not a problem. Yeah, oh, now we're, now we're freed. So, yeah. and the other yeah. thing is, so this actually happened on a larger scale to a uh, Google vice president. I don't know if you saw this story in the news, but you know that those uh, social media accounts where they say, hey, cool car, what do you do for a living? Have you seen those at all? No, I haven't seen it. So they basically go up to you know people that have nice things. And they say, mm -hmm. what do you do for a living? Mm -hmm. And the guy was just kind of being – he was a Google vice president. Google mm -hmm. knew they were in, in there doing these videos. And the guy recited a line. Do you remember the comedy from 1981 called Arthur with Dudley Moore? Yeah, of course. So the guy recited a line. He goes, oh, I have like I, – I squeeze big-breasted women. And he said, he said a line from Arthur. And Google fired him. They let him go because he said something that you know a woke right. company complained about. He broke the code. Like right. the people – who work there, they know the code. Mm. It, it's what separates them from the common man. And all of the people think, look how special I am. You know, the whole laptop class believes that because it knows the right words to say and not to say that that's something, right? Because most of them aren't making any money. This guy probably was. And most people at Google are, but he broke the code. You know, he, he, he ID'd himself as somebody who didn't care about the code. It doesn't really joking. matter. Nobody gives a shit about that. Nobody's like, right. oh, look at the damage you've done. Look at the, the horrible things you've said. Nobody cares, but it doesn't matter because what, what it told Google wasn't that anybody got harmed by it. What it told Google is, oh, this guy isn't going to maintain the code and therefore he needs to be excommunicated from the tribe. And it's going to serve as an example for all of the other people who are going to get upset who work there, who are, you know, even the people aren't getting paid much, at least what they have is they're superior because they maintain the code. And I'm telling you, you don't want to work in a place like that. Do not work in a place yeah. like that. I mean, or if you do make as much money as you can and then get the fuck out. 
Yep. And because in 1981 in this country, we were laughing at that joke, right? I mean, you know, when I say we, oh, collectively, that, Arthur was dude, like the number one comedy of that year. Dude, I mean, so many movies that are some of the best movies that you've seen could not even be made now. They could, forget about Arthur. Arthur's like, you know, kindergarten stuff compared to some of right. the, movies, the Tarantino stuff, all this stuff. And yeah. this is not, this is not a way to heal society. Whatever division society has, I, I promise you, this is not the path. Censorship, extreme you know there's a great there's a great movie that holds up 100 it's the uh, life of brian monty python and this guy there was like a stoning he's be, he's going to be stoned to death that was because he said jehovah you're not allowed to say the word jehovah the lord's name so he was like having i guess he was having a nice dinner and he was like by jehovah this dinner is good someone heard it he's getting he's to be stoned to death and so everyone's got their stones. They're gathered around to stone him to death. And it's all women. They're pretending to be men because only men are allowed to stone, but it's all women, which is funny, right? It's like the Karens are all going to stone him to death. And he, he says, I was just enjoying my dinner. I said, Jehovah. And he's like, you said it again. You're going to make it worse for yourself. And the guy's like, how can it be any worse? We have to be stoned to death. Right? So anyway, but the other guy, Someone's like, why is he in here? What happened? He goes, because he said Jehovah. And then the, the guy, like the execute, you know, the guy who's like managing execution gets a stone thrown at him because he said it. You can't even talk right. about saying it because this has happened. This has also happened. And then they start throwing stones at him. And he's like, no, 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 I didn't say Jehovah. He did. And they throw more stones at him. And eventually they kill the, the guy who's administrating the execution because he's, he said the word just in reference to the other guy saying the word. You know, I mean, they were mocking that in 1979 or whenever that movie came out, 1981. But this is not a good place for society. And I think everybody knows it. And they've just like made everybody terrified to say anything. And whatever healing that needs to be done, this ain't it. I promise you, this ain't it. This is just fucking, this is some shit from like the, the dark ages. Yeah, no, you, you've been, you, you've articulated those points pretty well in various forms. And I think that, so it's funny how ahead of their time, the Monty Python stuff was. I mean, they they were, that's what the job of comedy is. It's to point out, it's the, to tell the truth in, of the absurdities in society, right? And that's why when comedy is woke, it's not funny and it defeats the purpose of what it actually is supposed to do. It was, I mean, it's horrible. Like those late night guys, they're just so, it's so not funny. Yeah. It's just, yeah. they're just like, they may as well just be like a political operative. It's not, it's not comedy, but you're yeah. right. Monty Python, go watch so, the life of Brian. I couldn't believe how well it held up. I watched the blues brothers, which I thought I liked when I was a kid. It was horrible. It was like, yeah, this, by the way, it had shit that you couldn't say then either also, right. but like animal but, house, you couldn't do any of that stuff now that animal yeah, house but, does. Or, but like yeah. blues brothers did not hold up. The music was cool. And like the real performers that were in there were good. But the rest of it was like kind of shitty. But, Mon but Life of Brian was like, oh, that would play today. Like the stuff they're talking about is more relevant than ever. Yeah. And, and another one, and again, I won't uh, belabor here, but the uh, all the George Carlin stuff from 20, 40, 30 years ago all applies today. He was another one that saw it coming and always called it out. Yeah, no, he's great. I love George Carlin. Even the last tour he did when he was like, looked pretty sick. Yeah. Um, it still is, was really good. Like all that. I stuff. saw him five times live. I just, oh. every time he was around, I would always go see him. It was so great. Yeah. I had a, my mom, I was a 10 year old seeing him in like fourth grade. My mom bought me a shirt that said, Simon says, go fuck yourself with George Carlin on the back. <laughs> and I wore it to school. I got suspended. I remember that. So <laughs> mom was cool about George. For you know? Formative, formative moments. Yeah. So it made me the man I am today. Yes, it, yes, it did. Yep. All right, let's go, right. box. Good stuff. Let's do it. We're taking the box. Let's go, Tom Brady. You can't lose three in a row, dude. Not, not acceptable.